Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. Devin, give it to me straight. What's going on with your body? (laughs) Don't hold back like you usually do. I do. I do tend to be uh, very secretive about the goings on uh, under my epidermis. Remember when kids on the playground used to be like, your epidermis is showing. What does that mean again? Your skin. I, I was obviously always left out. I'm like, oh, Can you no. actually tell me what that means? <laughs> Remember when all your friends on the playground used to gather sure. around, do inside yeah, jokes? Of course. Um, so your girl has the celiac. She does, um, guys. The yak, the sealy, whatever whatever we want to nickname it. You know, it's interesting to go to a medical professional and hear that what has been your normal for many years is not normal at all in terms of being bloated every single time you eat, being uncomfortable physically for most of the day. Feeling like after eating lunch, you could easily pass out for seven to eight hours and just living with that. Or I would supplement with an ice nitro cold brew with two or three shots of espresso in it. So yeah. So anyway, the point being, I've been living and working from home for the past, whatever it is, two years, three years, eternity. One year? Um, I don't know. Wearing it's, pajamas. We're like in the love is blind pods. We just don't know. We don't know. And it's like I haven't had to zip a fly for most of the past few years. Oh I haven't I haven't had to wear anything constraining. Or I, I haven't think about that. I know. Carolina's literally never zipped a fly. She wears like designer skirts as like comfort hanging around the house. And it's like so confusing to me. It's not confusing because I, I don't understand why dresses haven't been more embraced as belly blankets. What I mean by that is it's just like throwing a blanket over your belly. You don't have to suck in. You don't have to hold it in. You get maternity style dresses and you relax. That's what you do, ladies. It's really, really confusing. Um, but that's Carolina's choice, not mine. So, yeah. Anyway, I have an in-person job now. So I suddenly am having to wear normal clothes. I'm having to be around people all day. I'm having to use a shared bathroom, which is torture. I genuinely believe that every single communal space should have a single stall bathroom for everybody's joy and comfort but you know it just it becomes strange to get up from my desk so often after a pizza lunch it just becomes unmanageable it becomes unmanageable to have my 30th birthday weekend obviously you know one of the days it was like cake for breakfast then cookies for lunch then something called a brioche which I wasn't even sure what it was and You know, then I did get sick. I did get sick for three days straight after that. And again, that seemed normal. But I just decided to get it a little checkeroo. And 
the diagnosis, I'm a severe hypochondriac, so I'm very accustomed to like everyone being like, actually, nothing's wrong. Absolutely nothing's wrong. No, your vein is not protruding more on your left hand than your right hand, which could be a sign of gallbladder cancer. No, um, I made that up. It's not a sign of that. I don't know what it is. So anyway, I thought it was going to be nothing. They say it's something. I'm shocked. It's celiac. And it's kind of funny because I was really relieved um, to have like an explanation for like this discomfort and like maybe that's why my hair was falling out last year. That's why different things were happening. But everybody, it seemed, was expecting me to react as if like the world had ended because most people do know me as someone who loves a donut, a cake, a really passionate about food like that. So people did seem to expect me to be in tragedy, but instead I was kind of like hopeful. Now that's last week. This this is this week and things have been a little bit harder than I thought to navigate. Uh, for example, St. Patrick's Day, for example, people having green Krispy Kreme donuts at work mm. and me not being able to have that. That I'm so sorry. But I think things are moving forward. You know, I ordered a book written by Jennifer Esposito about having celiac. And I guess I'm going to become like an activist, an advocate. I think I'm going to make this my whole personality. Um, I have a disease. I've been using it as an excuse a lot. Like, okay, my arms are weak. I have a disease. Like, okay, I can't be expected to do things as quickly as most people. I think you should say I have celiac before you say I have a disease. It's it's like a very strong statement that doesn't have a lot of clarity attached to it. Just saying I have a disease. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. (laughs) I'm ill. I I have a disease. That's the point autoimmune ever heard of it so that's where i'm at and i i hope people can support me i hope people no genuinely though i would love any recommendations from people because it is hard to find like good gluten-free stuff so if you have recs for recipes snacks anything restaurants in the new york area send them my way i'm looking around yeah I definitely feel for Devin, and it's also had me curious about my own body because I've always accepted the fact that I feel sick after eating uh, a lot of the time because I just figured I eat very quickly. That's always been a problem as a most eating disorder um, graduates in remission know. I um, kind of black out when it comes to food a lot. So I was always used to feeling too full. I did date someone who had not celiac, but were gluten intolerant to the point where any time they ate gluten, they were violently sick. And I considered, I was once um, ignorant, and I considered that to be not true. I just thought, it, I, I had the same idea when people said like they were allergic to dogs. I was like, but you're probably fine, right? Like, so what? Your eyes get itchy. You're probably fine, right? So when I started dating a guy who said that, I um, just assumed when I found tarts at my house that he would want to share them with me. And he, at the time, because we had just started dating, didn't want to disappoint me. So he did share them with me. And then his friend told me that the next day he was in the bathroom for most of the day. So I thought, oh, this is something I should actually um, be considerate about. What When you say found found tarts at your house... Can you explain? I opened my fridge. My mom slash sister had picked up fruit tarts from a nearby bakery and left them in my fridge because they had just been in town visiting. 
Oh, okay. I know. You, it, you listen, said it. You said it like it was ago. like a. You said it like it was a casual thing. I'm like found tarts. Like found an artisan gourmet. I really dessert. hope I didn't steal them from my roommate. That's what I'll that's, say. That's that's what I am thinking is probably the more likely case. I really hope that wasn't the case. So far as like an irritable person and a and a generally very like annoyed person, the the worst part of the celiac thing has been people's responses and just thinking that it's like. They're like, not I've a big got, deal. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of like, but you can cheat every once in a while. Right. And the fact of the matter is like celiac disease means when gluten goes into your system, your body attacks itself um, because it misinterprets gluten as like a harmful entity. Um, and because I've been like having gluten for so long, my my villi and my small intestine have become like damaged and inflamed and they they have been blunted so they don't attack themselves. But once I get the gluten out of my system, yes, exactly what you said, even though for some reason it sounds like the person you're talking about didn't have celiac but just had a severe allergy. Like once the gluten's out of my system, if I do have a little bit, I will become violently ill and could be like hospitalized. So it's frustrating that many people are like, you can cheat though, right? And like, oh my God, okay, but it's like so easy to be gluten-free nowadays. And like, oh yeah, I try to not eat gluten too because it makes me feel bloated. But I'm trying to accept that um, people are dumb. <laughs> yeah, that is a sort of a truth for the ages. And I'm sorry you're dealing with this. I'm so happy that you know something about yourself that could potentially make you feel better. Casey Wilson, who was a guest on the pod and a, a forever friend of the pod, she wrote a chapter in her book, The Wreckage of My Presence, which we recommend about her, finding out her young son was allergic to gluten. And it completely changed his personality when he started removing gluten from his diet. And he became less tired and more social and less depressed. And it's pretty crazy that this knowledge isn't readily available, that you have to kind of do investigating and you have to be proactive and your own best advocate when it comes to this stuff. I'm nervous for if I become like a peppy person. Like, what if that's really secretly who I am? Like, I've always thought I'm just like a very low energy kind of monotone personality. But what if without the gluten, I become like Shayna from Love is <laughs> That would be crazy. That would be absolutely insane. Well, speaking of which, before we get into Love is Blind, there have been some amazing Twitter threads that I have been sharing with my sweet Devin. One of them the other day came from at Jack DeVero. He said, ladies, what is the worst lie you have heard come out of a man's mouth? Apparently, men are very creative with their lies. I didn't expect them to be this crazy. One girl wrote, I found a condom wrapper near his bed, which we didn't use, and he said it was a ghost. He was genuinely upset when I did not believe him. Another girl responded, said, so I forgot my PJs at his place and found them torn when I asked him who did that. He said he didn't know, but he will investigate. I, <laughs> someone replied, found a panty in his closet, and he said that it belonged to his late mom, and he smells it for good luck. That can't be true. That can't be true. I'm confused about the basis of like the ripped pajamas, though. It's like, is he cheating? So and I he thought put about the that. girl in the pajamas. Like, I, don't I get it. thought that another girl probably found the pajamas and ripped them. Wait, on purpose? Because she was probably like, you're seeing someone else. Or she wore them and didn't fit and them. She ripped the pajamas. Like, that's just so unnecessary. Pajamas, good pajamas are hard to find. I found a picture of my ex-husband in a family photo with a woman and a baby. 
He told me a woman from work asked him to give her a ride to the photo place. The photographer noticed they happened to be dressed alike and asked him to jump in the photo shoot, and he did. You see, these are good. They are good. It also goes with my belief that it takes a lot more energy to lie. There was also a Twitter thread, though, that said, obsessed with hearing strange things men do on dates. My friend's date last night ate her entire sushi roll while she was in the bathroom. Looks to Devin. Um, someone else <laughs> responded and said, I ribbed a guy for wearing cargo shorts on a first date. He started shouting, oh, really, Adrian? I'm sorry you don't like my cargo shorts. Oh, am I embarrassing you, Adrian? <laughs> that could be Shane from Love is Blind. I think it easily could be. I think it not only could be, but is, except that, is. that Shane does wear a capri most of the time. Mm-hmm. He's into what my family in Massachusetts would call a clam digger, meaning the, can- <laughs> the pants are... That are raised so that when you go into the water the water doesn't no no we get it we get it (laughs) do you get it it's when you're digging for clams we Um, understand your irish culture um someone else responded and said i had a guy talk to his pet dog that he brought on a first date about what a hot piece of ass i was in front of me like i wasn't there that was pretty strange yeah so those brought me joy i want you So we are going to talk about the final portion of Love is Blind, the, the season two. This is really like the the two-part finale of our Love is Blind coverage. And yes, we've been talking about it so much. And yes, we will probably have to talk about the upcoming reality show by the makers of Love is Blind that's going to be released in April. Um, the Ultimatum. Yeah, that's the definitely- Ultimatum. Yeah, you can sign me up. I could not be more ready for that. Like, that sounds like the perfect thing. It sucks that, like, Nick and Vanessa are going to host it again. But anyway, this is part one of our two-part finale discussion. We are coming back into this world amidst the cookout slash barbecue where last week Shayna had spoken to Shane about Natalie and tried to break them up and failed. And so now we're we're still kind of at that barbecue and we come up on Jarrett and Sal having a conversation. And this is where the theory is born, born by Jarrett's hands, that he was joking when he asked Mallory about whether she was disappointed that her ring is not gold and said that he, quote, would have gotten her a gold ring and he would have done that for her. To me... I'm not sure what form of comedy that (laughs) falls under. He wouldn't be able to be on the pod with us. I don't think if he thinks that's funny. Like, is it alt comedy? Is it like a new wave of comedy um, (laughs) where it's like, psych, you thought I was trying to hit on your fiance. Psych, I'm not. Like, maybe this. It's hard for me to to really. On, like like this part of Jared was really hard for me because I do love him and Ayana so much. I do too. I and do they're too. my favorite couple on the show. And I think despite this obstacle, they are the couple that communicates best and is clearest and doesn't have shenanigans like Danielle and Nick. But no, of course not. And he also says to Sal, he says, my father told me something. And that is never go to bed angry. I'm like, Jarrett, no. What are I you mean, talking about? Okay, so I do like that 
piece of advice <laughs> that people do pass around. I really like no, please, 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 no offense to Jared's father at all because like I really love him. We meet him in a later episode, but he did not come up with that. This is like friend of the pod, Beth Jacobs, thinking she came up with YOLO. Um, <laughs> it's people have been saying that forever and I do like that, but it's not the right time to give someone advice. Again, when you've just joking or not, hit on their fiance, it is a little weird to then give them relationship advice. Although Sal was immediately like, oh my God, but we have, we have. I was like, Sal, come on. Sal starts to bother me. It's like, I- Oh, I, don't even get me started on Salvador. Wait, because are you, do you agree or are you still like pro-Sal? I am anti-Sal, except for the fact that Sal is for trans rights. I think politically he's on our t- team I think emotionally, romantically, he is my worst nightmare. I'm not even kidding. Like, Shake is, like, obviously a true villain. But Sal is a performer romantically. He is not a true relationship person. Okay. And also, like, he's the guy who, like, you have Shake, who's, like, the classic fuckboy we should have known going in. Shane kind of falls into that category too, although Shane surprised us as we've discussed. Yeah. But like, he's kind of someone who you're like, yeah, you're gonna get what you're getting. But Sal is the one who pretends to be the nice, sweet, yep. sensitive, romantic type and then is like kind of toxic. And this is where it starts, where he starts being like, there's some issues, man. It's like, doesn't seem like Mallory knows that. When we find out that... Sal and Mallory have had a fight because Sal's ex-girlfriend or a girl he hooked up with came and freaked out at his sisters. And Sal is so eerily calm. Like, she came over. She knew that I wasn't attached to her. There's just something weird going on. It's not normal. It's not normal, A. B, I think he's a narcissist. And I'll tell you why. He is on his ukulele way too much. He's singing thousand percent all the time it's enough already like we heard it the first time and now it's enough already we were charmed the first time somehow mallory is still charmed like and he's literally being like my fiance looks like beyonce it's like that wasn't hard to come up with my friend and then also like it's like why every turn there's a new song to be played i don't know I, just go ahead. I interrupted you, but it is like it's enough. It's enough. No, it makes ukulele. me so frustrated. And the fact I feel like we don't have to go in chronological order. We can say like the fact that there are going to be spoiler alerts ahead. This is our finale of the Love is Blind coverage. So the fact part that, one, part one. So the fact that he <laughs> he breaks up with Mallory at the altar after all of this stuff. I think he is trying to win the award as if there is one for the perfect guy. So he's always surprising her. He's always surprising with her f- with flowers. He's always surprising her with a ukulele. Honestly, this should be portrayed in stories more. The guy who is so over effusive, but like you brought up with Shake and Deep D, we never see him ask Mallory one question about herself. Yes. We only see him being the star of the show and talking about how much he loves her, but it's in such a performative way. And... I find it, um, unless a guy is like Julian Casablancas from The Strokes, there is something. Who is that? Who is that? Sometimes things leave my mouth and I, I'm like ready for being roasted by you and Beth for saying it. Unless a guy is Julian Casablancas? All right. 
unless a guy is like a really cool lead singer or really hot, unless a guy is Harry Styles. Okay. It it like, I understand that reference. And now I speak my language. <laughs> I find it uncomfortable watching guys play instruments in front of me sometimes because I think I have to kind of praise them or I, it's a show. And so I was really uncomfortable when Mallory had to watch his brother play music, then him play music. And I it, it was just a lot for me. And and I know this isn't totally tangential, but what was also and has been a lot for me is um, everyone drinking wine or drinking something out of those gold painted goblets that look like they're from a high school play. Wait, I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice that. These What's gold that? goblets everyone's drinking from. You haven't noticed them? No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to post them. I'm going to send them to you because they're absolutely crazy. Wait, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's so funny. Um, Yeah, I think Sal, I've never dated a musician. And this is, I think, the reason why. Because I simply cannot. It's hard enough to have to go on dates with men and pretend that they're funny or like force yourself to laugh at things that are really stupid and obvious when they do like an impression of a Mike Myers movie or something horrible like that. Um, (laughs) It is hard enough trying to make men feel flattered when they're not doing stuff that is flattering. And also like when they're not sing like singing it. This is the thing like singing is hard. I know we've all done karaoke. I know we all sing in our cars. I know we all think the acoustics in our bathroom are good when we sing in the shower. But singing is hard. It's an art. It's what did we learn from American Idol? It's that not everyone has what it takes. And so to have to like sit there when someone's going, my fiance looks like Beyonce. Like I just don't have time. And it's hard enough being a woman. That's all I have to say. I also love when Mallory's sister meets Sal and he's like, I would love your blessing and I really will take care of Mallory and all that's her mom, right? It's her sister who she is basically like she says, you're a second mom to me. Oh, okay, Sorry. But he's saying all this overly emotional stuff. And her Mallory's sister is like, I just don't know you. Like, what is going on? Like, I do not know you. Right. And it's such a good reminder too. It's like we you just I think a lot of this show is about we put so much stock into what people say and I I need to see it. We need to see it. Yeah. We need to see action, not Thank just you. words. And so that's where we're at in the beginning and we have this cute uh moment with Shane and Natalie where he he does show up again. He's surprising us. He's doing the right thing. He's like shot down Shayna and basically was like, you're acting really weird. And then goes to Natalie and is like, yeah, she was acting weird. She said this weird stuff. And Natalie was like, oh, well, that's none of that's true. And he's like, love you. Love you, too. I'm like, OK, wow. Like, I'm really impressed. Um, And then we move on to this thing where this is something that happens in both Love is Blind and Married at First Sight, which, by the way, I have adopted the new season of Married at First Sight as my replacement and comfort blanket now that I'm done with Love is Blind. And I do recommend this season. It's in Boston. Uh, It's the exact kind of trash that I like to see. Uh, Just throwing that out there. But they do this thing where they go to each other's apartments and it's like, now you're going to see where I live. Which, again, is, like, so weird. It's, like, you're engaged to this person, and this is, like, the first time you're seeing what their life looks like. Um, So Nick shows Danielle his apartment, and it's very, like, clean and organized. He has a DVD collection, which is confusing, but 
this is where we learn that she has the game rock band and that this is being planted <laughs> as like a serious relationship issue is like Danielle owning the, the game rock band. And I, I literally had to rewind and watch it again because I'm like, wait, is there are they like building tension around the fact that she has like a rock band yes. like drum set? But I but that is what's happening. Like it is tense because she, he's like, wait, so you just like leave your game rock band out. And she's like, yeah, like where else would I put it? And he's it like, it was also okay. so misleading because at his apartment, she says, where's my drum kit going to go? And I think, oh my gosh, Danielle is a drummer. That is so sick. Why right. is that like not does not <laughs> seem to be aligned with her personality at all? But I can't <laughs> wait to see this. Part I can't of her. wait to see it. And at her apartment, she says, "I'm kind of crazy. I'm a little quirky. Like I have an air guitar, and there's those kind of cheesy font sign that says Cheers on it. So you're like, okay, yeah. you're an alcoholic. Then she also <laughs> says." There is a sign here that says no dancing on tables, but I don't listen to it. And I'm like, oh, God, that is a red flag for me. I disagreed that it was a a red flag. I kind of like this because I feel like she's so she seemed so like small and like holding herself back all season. And then I suddenly was like, oh, she this is like her personality. And that's like cool. Like she likes to play games like that. And also that like she likes to have her friends over and like do weird stuff. I mean. To me, like dressing up as corn or a hot dog is not comedy unless you're Tim Robinson, but (laughs) that's her thing. And the fact that it just like becomes this serious conversation. So then after going to Nick's like clean apartment later in the episode, they go to Danielle's apartment, which is also clean. And I relate to her in the sense that she's like, okay, I'm not like messy. Like I'm not like gross leaving food in the sink, but like I'm not super organized. That's exactly how I am. And it has been a issue with people sometimes. Like, I don't care if stuff is lying around. I do care if there's crumbs or stuff left in the sink or anything like that. So that's kind of Danielle's vibe. And Nick is, (laughs) for some reason, agrees to change into a corn costume. (laughs) Danielle is already in a hot dog costume and they sit on the couch. And that's the moment he chooses to, like, have a serious conversation with her where he's like, so is this like what your life is like that you just wear costumes and people dance on the table like what's going on and the fact that they're having this extremely serious conversation or he's trying to have this extremely serious conversation while they're dressed in these outfits is just gold it's gold like it's reality tv gold It really is gold, and I think it's safe to say also, not to jump around, that Danielle is crazy in bed, and she kind of makes that apparent when her and Nick are in a hot tub together, and she's like, you know what's interesting is that you didn't really go for it when we were having sex for the first time, and you can literally feel Nick, like, the back of his hair stand up, and he's like, um, yeah, well, we had just met, and she's like, yeah, but, you know, you didn't really rough me up, like, she's really talking about like you didn't really go for it and then you're finally like uh is okay if i do this is okay if i do this which is so respectful and it reminded me of the bitch sesh read that tinsley mortimer is probably really crazy in bed because she's yeah like you know a screw is loose a screw is loose and there's like that fear it's like the fear-based dating that's what they both do (laughs) tinsley and danielle it's like that like terrified like there's always gonna be someone like their narrative both is like there's always gonna be someone prettier there's always gonna be someone younger there's and it's mommy issues like they both have mommy issues it's 
their mom telling them that their appearance is all they have. That is really what I think is at the heart of all of this. Don't you think Tinsley would do great in the Love is Blind universe? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> great is the wrong word. Don't you think she belongs in this universe? No. <laughs> I really okay. genuinely don't. I really don't. Because she's a visual person. I, you want to see her. You want to you want to see the whole shebang. You want to you want to go into her lifestyle. You want you want that. She's not really like a drama person. She's more of like a her whole life is what's fascinating. So right. she can't she can't okay. really be reduced to this format. One of the things I do think that we need to underscore about Danielle, which we've said in the other pods that we are not making fun of her. We just identify with her so much. We are with her. All of the her, the, her fights she has with Nick are so hard to watch because I've had all of them. Like when he says it freaks me out and, you know, when you act crazy and, and I, it makes me think, I don't know if I can do this for the rest of my life. And she cries so hard. And she's like, well, that just scares me. Like, I know. And that scares me. Like, and it's just so funny because I feel like I've always known intellectually that it's okay to doubt relationships when they're hard. Like I've doubted relationships even when I've been really happy, except when you're doubting me. Like that I really believe that only applies to me and that whoever I'm dating can never feel that way. Right. No matter how I behave. I did feel for Danielle, especially when she met Nick's family. And Oof. I have to say like this was – the worst meeting of a family that I've seen on this show or on any other show where they meet people's families, which is every Awful. dating show, which is really fucking weird. Um, because the, I've never seen a family where there's so much tension under the surface. Awful. Absolutely waiting to bubble up at <laughs> any given second. Like, I felt that as soon as they sat down, Nick started like, dis disassociating. Like, he's gone. The mom... They all gave her nothing. Um, the mom immediately says, we're, we're very easy people and I don't think you need to be nervous. Could not be farther from the truth. Like, like easy people in what sense? I'm very confused. They gave her absolute... She's like talking nonstop being like, I love your son. He's amazing. I just feel like I can communicate him. She's doing a great job, but they are giving her absolutely They just stare nothing. at her. They just stare at her. And then at one point... Nick is sitting there disassociating, as I said, and he starts like biting his nails. He's sweating, biting his nails, which, by the way, I did not realize until now that he has an action for Assange bracelet on. So that's just interesting. I just didn't realize that he was like a WikiLeaks activist. But now we know. Um, so the I feel like the moment when you can really tell like how fucked up a family is, is when like the smallest, most banal comment makes a huge rift or like an overreaction yes. so nick's sister says the, seemingly one of the most harmless insults you could ever throw she goes oh like are, are you going to be able to deal with nick taking two showers a day basically like the fact that nick is like super clean and he goes wait what are you even talking about i don't do that anymore i don't do that, I don't anymore. Do that anymore and she, he's like wait what 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 like what are you talking about and I was like, oh, my God. Then the mom starts. They're like, oh, yeah, he's like obsessed with germs and he's OCD. She's like, yeah, I think I'll be fine with that. I think I'll be fine. And then then they just fully start shitting on him. They're like, he's never been able to commit. He never even like brings girls to meet us. He never wanted to get married before. And the mom's like, yeah, he was so obsessed with the divorce. Like when dad and I got divorced, like he was like not happy about it. 
And he's like, um, well, I'm happy about it now because you and dad hate each other. I'm like, is this a play? Is this a play about like the American family? Is this August Osage County? Like, Nick's mom what? is actually a Kate McKinnon character, like immediately on site. I was like, I think that wig lives at SNL. I like when Nick says, we never, we're not just doing this lightly. We never want to get divorced. And Nick's mom goes, yeah, well, nobody ever wants to get divorced. It just happens. I want to say a gold <sighs> comedy moment is when they're saying goodbye and um, Danielle says, oh, let me give you a hug. And Nick's mom sticks out her hand. <laughs> like, oh. And then it becomes a half hug like Pat. Like, And hell. you just think, hell, hell, this hell. is hell on earth. But I give Danielle credit. She she handled it great. I wonder if she like got in the car and acted like she had the best time because that's what she told Nick was what she expected. And she got upset that he got in the car and started texting to someone. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so that was them. Then we have Deep D meeting Shake's parents. And of course, Shake's mom is like, oh my God, you're going to marry her, right? There's nothing wrong with her. She's literally perfect. You have to marry her. Like, they couldn't be more excited. They're like, please, please, please do the right thing here. They know they know their son. You can't say they don't because they know him. And He is very good at performing as a good guy. When he's on, we it's hard to really appreciate that because we know his true colors. But when he is with parents, he turns on this upright, hi, oh my gosh, and Deeps is so amazing. And she's just my the best nickname, friend. I can't with the nickname. The nickname is a red flag at this point. It's like he's yeah. using it to pretend he like cares more than he actually does. And it's incredible when he tells his mom, you know, yeah, she's amazing. She's incredible. She checks all these boxes that I even know you could check. I'm not attracted to her. And I know this is a weird thing to talk to about your mom, but like I think like something big is missing sexually. And you see Shake's mom be repulsed by her own son. And she says, I honestly identify with her. She's yep. amazing. She deserves love. And and that's what I call sisterhood. And that's Yep. It's um, a powerful thing. Really important. It's a powerful thing. I want true romance. I also want to talk about when they see, uh, when Deep Dee sees Shake's apartment. Oh, yeah. So she says one of my favorite things where she says, I... Um, I, I really love his apartment, but, um, there is a lot I would change and he has something that would make me leave the house forever, which is that he brags about being able to say to his curtains, open curtains and them opening. And he has a heated mattress pad and he has a Tesla that he brags about. There's just a lot of icky, a lot, a lot of bad vibes. He has like. And I the, identify with Deep D as in I deeply still live at home. So the the theme in the decor is framed posters that are like chemical elements, but for normal everyday things, such as a poster that says CA for caffeine and then has mm. a picture of coffee. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, where did it come from and Why? Yeah, you know? that's a good question. All the decor is like brown and black, which is like I know that's like what men do because they like don't know how to think about how things look good. Um, but 
it's just no. It's just never. It's just never gonna happen for me. I um, also want to talk about when he he of course is continuously telling people that he's not attracted to her. I mm-hmm. mean, I've heard that more than I've heard anything on this show, and it's so exhausting and frustrating. He finally tells her that he does not feel a physical connection. And he brings up, which makes me so crazy, the paradox of choice. Like, he's like, have you ever heard of the paradox of choice? Shut the fuck up. Yep. And he's like, there's just so much out there. And she basically says, let's figure it out. And it just made me realize, like, women are so fucking flexible. We have spent the past hundreds of years constantly thinking about how to make a man's life easier, even when he's literally rejecting us. Deep D is getting to the point where it's like she just knows the truth. Like, she's just kind of, like, not surprised by his bullshit anymore, but kind of like, this is the way it is, huh? And she's, like, processing that she's going to have to do what needs to be done. But this is also when she says, like, she's like, it's not like Shake is my normal type either. Like, it's not like I was like, oh, my God, perfect 10 over here. Like, thank God. Um, That's just, like, this totally unfair, societally enforced like narrative that he told himself that like oh well of course she was like immediately attracted to me but it's my decision to decide whether she's attractive because she's the woman and she's like he's not my normal type and like we're not all over each other right away but like i'm willing to build that i'm willing to work on that like that's just a part of life and getting to know someone and he's never been willing to put that work in He's been so focused on himself and his own like uncomfortableness in this process. He hasn't thought about her at all. That's what I I mean, we know that we are strangely wake up on team Shane some days, but when yeah. Shake tells Shane that I I hate this and it's like you think you're funny by repeating this. He's like, "Honestly, dude, I feel like I'm like in bed with my aunt. Like I feel like I'm with my sister or something." And Shane says, "What have you done to help this?" Oh, my God. I love Shane sometimes. I do. I really did see the Brene Brown um, comparison that Devin made to Shane um, on our last episode. And Shane is Shake is being awful. And Shane is literally being a therapist. He says, give it a shot. And he's saying you can have your best friend and your wife because Shake keeps describing Deep D as his best friend. And Shane literally says, do you want to do your way? Because your way isn't working. But at the same time, I am suing Shake for wasting my time and for having to listen to his bullshit. And when he cries <laughs> because he says, I'm so busy, I think a lot, and I'm on my phone a lot, I wanted to burn my TV. I was like, what do you think we do as women? Do you think that we don't work? Do you think we're not on our phones? Do you think I don't sleep with my phone under a pillow next to me? You think I don't think a lot? You pointed this out, and I know I referenced in the beginning of this episode but he is not interested in anyone besides himself. He is not interested in Deep D. And I put a, a new must-have list, which is I need someone interested in me. Yeah. Not sexually. I mean, I, yeah, sexually, please. But I, I mean, personality-wise. I got a job promotion once, and I told someone I was seeing that I got the promotion. And they, when I saw them that night, they didn't bring it up. And I was like, I just waited because, and finally they did, but it, but it was, I was like, wow, this is wild. I can't imagine that not being like the first thing on your mind when like your partner comes home. It's just like, I don't know. I guess women are trained to think about the other person. I don't know. And then we have fuckers like Sal who are like pretending to be interested, but they're really just auditioning for like America's next top ukulele player. I don't know what. Yeah. Like woke. Yeah, exactly. Woke straight man ukulele ukulele player. 
I think deep D has changed a lot of our lives. I mean, I think we can all agree that Ayana meeting Jarrett's parents and his dad saying that he's been waiting to officiate his son's wedding, as well as Jarrett meeting Ayana's parents, her adoptive parents, were two extremely beautiful and moving moments. And despite that, we don't have time to just cover stuff that's genuinely sincere and beautiful. We're focusing on the drama and the trash. Yeah, I want to in five seconds say what I liked about Jared and Ayana. Okay. So and and because I agree, we can only talk about how cute things are for so long. Jared's parents talk about their first date. They talked until the restaurant closed. That is gorgeous. Um, Also, Ayana has just the relationship thing down because she says a simple sentence that takes people their lifetime to figure out. She said, Jared goes out a lot. I hope he'll change when he gets married. And he says he will, but he hasn't yet. So then it becomes, do I want to be with a person like this? Yep. That's it. That's it. She just figured it out. She cracked the code. She was like, if this person doesn't change, it's up to me. It's not up to more pressure on this person. Totally. And I really couldn't have related more to when they were showing like the difference between Ayana and Jarrett's like nor a normal night for them. It was Jarrett out like at a bar dancing with his friends and she was laying flat out on the couch with a blanket yeah. on FaceTiming her friend. And I was yep. like, she's yep. me. I get it. Yep. Yep. That's my dream night, literally. But that being said, I, w- I would like if you're comfortable with it talking about how what I think the real reality show that's a sleeper here that someone needs to put millions of dollars in is a show where Shane plans your wedding for you and you don't know what it's going to look like. Because as he puts it, Natalie, he just wants a few things. That's it. One of them is a water fountain that only makes old fashions where and he says with numerous tubes and whatnot. And also (laughs) (laughs) numerous tubes (laughs) and also for food for the adults. He wants a kid's buffet. When when I say that, he says he wants to serve adults at his wedding, cheese curds, hot dogs, pizza mac and cheese and he ends it by saying can't go wrong okay couldn't agree more (laughs) with can't go wrong there aside from the fact that i now have celiacs and so it seems (laughs) it seems i physically could not eat anything at shane's wedding i totally agree you can't go wrong with a kid's buffet but the funniest part is as it's music plays as natalie says my family's lactose intolerant and it's as if she just told shane that her family are QAnon supporters like he's like Oh, okay. This and is they don't be drink hard. that much, and they don't drink that much. So for um, I do see how, from what I understand of Midwest culture, that is like saying I'm in QAnon to say like I don't drink that much beer and I don't. And I can't eat cheese. Have dairy. So that that probably was tough for them. But I think Shane and Natalie meeting each other's parents actually went really well. Again, meeting Shane's mom and seeing how much he loved her and she loved him did warm me to him. And I was questioning everything again. I was like, how is this the person? And then the end of the dinner comes and he says, I'm going to go take a number two. And when <laughs> Natalie is like upset by that, he goes, OK, Miss Montezuma's revenge. <laughs> that was Miss really funny. Montezuma's revenge. Miss Montezuma's revenge. <laughs> she, the best is she says, look at me. And then she's <laughs> like, like, I, I know you. I'm dead. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can you imagine your romantic partner calling you Miss Montezuma's Revenge? I mean, it would be a really, really fun beauty pageant to watch. Miss Montezuma's Revenge. And she's this year's Miss Montezuma's Revenge. (laughs) 
Carolina Barlow. <laughs> it's a I, beauty pageant I, for how skinny you look after you get Montezuma's yeah. revenge and it flattens oh, out. The best. It flattens out your blow and you look great and you never want to wear a swimsuit more than after you have you do. Miss Montezuma's like, my re- revenge. Are out. So I think it actually does seem like a good idea for a beauty pageant and i am going to be i'm going to be contacting sandra bullock about this because she's the only person i know who does beauty pageants i also i i saw shane's motivation and his attachment to women that is so intense which was when we find out his dad has passed which is very sad and i know but then he talks about marrying natalie and he's like the best part is i get a new dad (laughs) you're like wait 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 Ah! I love Natalie's mom. I want to see a day in her life, especially because when Natalie tells them that she's getting engaged, Natalie's mom, Natalie's dad just says, she's crazy and she's gone too far. And that (laughs) voice. And at their wedding, when Natalie hasn't walked down the aisle yet, you see Natalie's mom give Shane's mom a look that could kill it's heightened music. It's the steely look, and it says everything. It says everything, but let's not get to the weddings yet. Okay, fair. I think we can gloss over the fittings. Did you have anything to say about the fit? I mean, I thought it was funny that so many people were trying on dresses, and I, and I thought the thing they got right about the culture is doing wedding things and at the same time talking about why you don't know if your marriage is going to work or not. Right. <laughs> like, literally, like, wearing a bridesmaid sash, being like, um, yeah, I mean, like, he says he's not attracted to me. And, like, sometimes I'm not attracted to him, okay? Like, I'm a picker, too. And I was like, you know what? This wow. isn't as crazy as we think. Like, so many people get married not liking their significant others and just wanting to get married. I know. And it's like, what else What else are you going to talk about besides the relationship? And when all you feel is doubt about the relationship, like, that's just what comes out, you know? Um Absolutely. I that was a I related to Deep D at the fittings because her friends she's talking to her friends about like her issues with Shake and her friends are kind of trying to be like well that could be a good thing like it's good to be comfortable and and Deep D is doing this thing that's kind of like yeah I guess where it's like she wants it's like that's the moment where you want your friends to be like yeah that is kind of fucked up like I don't know but they're trying to make you feel better and you're like no you don't realize like I've already made a decision like I'm good I'm good I don't need to feel better about him I know he sucks like just Let's talk about how he sucks. I'm not ready to step out yet, but like, come on. Um, so I did like that uh, and I related to that and I did appreciate getting a glimpse of the Lachey's looking their worst as they always do for the five <laughs> minutes that they're on camera. Um, Vanessa doing a lot of like, girl, hey, girl. It's a lot. Girl, listen. This is my man. Oh, my God. Don't. I mean, once we get to the reunion and Vanessa like. Please, I can't wait to get to that. Um, so we have the fittings and then this this I'm obsessed with this cake scene with Danielle and Nick. Oh my god. Can we get into this? Please. So first of all, like cake tastings are something that I've always had trouble understanding. Like, why is that just for when you're getting married? Like I think that should be a normal thing because that it's is different. such a smart idea. It's like different like flavors of cakes like and you get to try all of them like that's like my dream and i i think that should be more accessible um so why would you feel anything other than joy during this experience i don't know but we come up on nick and danielle doing their cake tasting and the conversation goes a little something like this how do you feel about the cakes i feel good about the cakes but uh makes me realize how many other things we have to worry about 
It's a little crazy because it's like our wedding's a week away. Yeah, but then we're running into conflicts now. These are things that if we were dating for like three weeks, we probably would have stopped dating because we'd have differing opinions. You think we would have stopped dating? No, not not stopped dating, but that just... There's things you learn early on. Right, but on Sunday, I had plans for weeks to go somewhere that all my friends from out of town were going to go and be at, and you were upset that I went. I was not upset that you, you went. You were kind of upset that I went. That's not true. You said, is this how every weekend's going to be? Eventually, this conversation escalates and it lands on Danielle admitting that it seemed that Nick was upset. Seemed. Nick continues to affirm that he was actually not upset and that all he said was, are you going to go out most weekends or when are we going to do stuff together? To me, it would be positive to hear that my partner is interested in doing things together But Danielle thinks that he actually was upset, but he wasn't fully saying he was upset because he seemed more upset after the fact that he would like, it's just what is nothing is wrong. What is going on? And nothing is wrong. So hard to watch. I felt the feeling I feel when couples fight in public where I can't look away. I can't stop looking and I'm I'm physically pained because they're embarrassing themselves. It's physically. He's like, I never said she's like, well, you did. Well, no, you did. And he's like, I, what did I say? Tell me what I said. You're making things up. And also she becomes like desperate in a way that I really relate to. And when you're losing the fight and you're realizing there's no ground to stand on, she starts saying, well, sorry, it's just like the things you're saying now are are just nothing like the things you said then. Like you're just saying completely different things now than what you said then. And he's like, what am I saying that's different? And she's like, it's just different. Like, it's just like you didn't, you seemed, it's just after the fact, like you seemed more upset. It's like, she's just grasping for something to be upset about. Because she's terrified of losing this person and she doesn't know what to do with that fear. I want to quickly jump back to the wedding dress shopping only to say that Danielle's mom shows up again. We're all terrified. What does this mean? And she just blows up her spot again. She's like, Danielle has been waiting a long time. For- I mean, oh we've all God. been waiting shit because of her emotional problems. Oh, We're like, get out of here. Stop. Get out of here. She's so excited also to like be the star of the show. She's like loudly commenting on every single one of the dresses. It's too it's much. Hell. On our next episode, we are going to talk the bachelorettes, the <laughs> bachelor party that was amazingly terrible, and the wedding and reunion. We have so much to cover. This has been an adventure. And as I will explain on the next episode, I've learned so much. We have. We really have. Love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. <laughs>